0: Hello to all my readers and listeners. Once again, this is Karen Hunt, a.k.a. K.H. Majek with a new essay for you. It's a pretty, it's a wild one. I'm warning you. So get ready. Um, This is called, If You Don't Comply During COVID, You're a Psychopath. The psychologist can demonize those who refuse to be injected, drugged, locked in their homes, labeling them as a psychopath. This then gives the psychologist the right to fix them any way he wants. And before I continue on with this essay... I want, as I always do, to thank my readers and listeners. Without your support, I could not spend the long hours, and believe me, it is long hours needed to research, write, and record my essays, articles, and interviews, nor could I offer them without a pay- paywall, which is extremely important to me. So if you haven't yet, please consider becoming, well, a paid subscriber. Why not? And one-time or recurring donations can also be made at Coffee, and there are links there in the the body of my at the start of my essay. All right, so let's let's get into this. Did you comply with COVID lockdowns, masking and submitting to your COVID-19 genetic therapy injections and boosters? If not, the experts in psychology have now determined that you are a psychopath. What is a psychopath? It is someone who constantly or consistently exhibits antisocial, impulsive, manipulative, and sometimes aggressive behavior. They are also irrationally aggressive and cruel. These are dangerous people, and there are now apparently millions of them. Our fearless leaders have been able to make this classification due to the enormous amount of data they were able to collect on all of us, thanks to COVID and the justification it gave them to turn us all into slaves of the state. Those of us who balked at being slaves have mental health problems, serious ones. Psychologists and psychiatrists can make these sorts of diagnoses because, well, they're the experts. And we now know the most obvious way to prove you're non-compliant is to argue with the experts, which would then make you, well, psychotic. Yes, yes, even the compliant surely heaved a sigh of relief when the European vaccine passport system was scrapped. Just this month, New York State quietly discontinued its Excelsior Pass Plus, the COVID-19 vaccination passport. But this has nothing to do with restored freedoms, as most people think. You see, people say to themselves, we obeyed and now we're being rewarded. Of course, they never intended to take our freedoms away forever. This proves they really were intent on helping us. It was all for our own good, just more proof that those who didn't comply were on the wrong side of morality. But since when did those in power ever willingly give up newly acquired power? They just don't. Rather, these vaccination passports were simply precursors to what is now being rolled out. This month, yes, well, actually, now, I guess, yeah, in June, so just a few days ago, the European Commission and the WHO launched their landmark digital health initiative to strengthen global health security. In June 2023, WHO will take up the European, WHO, the World Health Organization, will take up the European Union system of digital COVID-19 certification to establish a global system that will help facilitate global mobility and protect citizens across the world from ongoing and future health threats, including pandemics. This is the first building block of the WHO Global Digital Health Certification Network that will develop a wide range of digital products to deliver better health for all. I will write more about this in another piece. Over the past few years, COVID and the restriction on freedoms that came with it was the perfect justification to collect enormous amounts of data on everyone for a number of reasons that I talk about in two of my essays, The Nefarious Goal Behind COVID Testing and War. Another one of those reasons was to identify non-compliant citizens. Non-compliant citizens were demonized, By celebrities, politicians, educators, anyone in positions of privilege and authority, there are many examples of this. Back in July of twenty twenty-one, as the Biden totalitarian regime inched closer, as we as we inched closer to vaccine mandates, Gerardo Rivera exploded in anger on Fox News saying, in terms of the mandatory vaccines, to say that demonization of the unvaccinated it's not appropriate, well, you have to understand that if you're unvaccinated, then you should at least get tested every week on your own, or understand you are banned from the VA, why you're banned from restaurants, banned from other businesses and colleges increasingly, and they should be. The eerie thing is that once people were given back their freedoms, it was as if none of this had ever happened. If there is any criticism, it's not that the science was wrong or the vaccines didn't work or maybe we should have listened to the unvaccinated because they got it right. No, it is that nations didn't lock down hard enough and fast enough. Not enough people complied. Just a few months ago, Bill Gates praised Australia's draconian COVID policies that turned the country into a police state. He particularly praised their population-scale diagnostics early on and quarantine policies. He warned Australia to be ready for the next pandemic, which could be man-made and far more brutal. A stable international order based on mutual political will is needed in order to deal with future pandemics, Gates said. That stable international order is the WHO's global system of control and surveillance, manipulated by Bill Gates and others like him behind the wings. A lot of effort and billions of dollars have gone into building this global control network, and Gates isn't about to let it fail. The way the unvaccinated were treated during COVID was bad enough, but just as the next pandemic will be far more brutal, so will the punishments for those who defy the system. Imagine, if refusing to follow the rules means you will be diagnosed as a psychopath, will you decide maybe it's better to comply? Two days ago it was announced that psychopathy and dysfunctional impulsivity are linked to non-compliance with COVID-19 rules. When the COVID-19 virus started spreading rapidly and posed a danger, governments tried to control it by implementing safety measures like wearing masks, washing hands, and imposing lockdowns and curfews. However, some people didn't follow these rules and felt their freedom was being restricted. The researchers, Fabio Morales-Vivas and colleagues, conducted their study using the sample using the sample of 786 participants aged 15 to 75 from Spain. The majority of the participants were female and single. About half of them were students and most had not received any doses of the COVID-19 vaccine. The participants completed assessments of their compliance with COVID-19 prevention measures, their cognitive abilities, impulsivity and dark triad personality traits. The results showed that psychopathy and dysfunctional impulsivity were the two traits most strongly associated with not following safety regulations. Machiavellianism, narcissism, and intelligence were also related to non-compliance with COVID-19 rules, although intelligence had the weakest relationship. This study suggests that the combination of dark triad traits and intelligence can influence adherence to safety measures. Well, we might ask the question, I know I did, what are dark triad traits? People with these traits tend to be callous and manipulative, willing to do or say practically anything to get their way. They have an inflated view of themselves and are often shameless about self-promotion. These individuals are likely to be impulsive and may engage in dangerous behavior, in some cases even committing crimes, without any regard for how their actions affect others. Nobody wants a psycho living next to them or working with them or how about somebody with dark traits teaching your children or being your doctor or your nurse or your pastor and nobody wants to be that either. How many of the millions who defied the rules last time will be willing to do so if they are termed not just vaccine deniers or MAGA or even white supremacists, but psychos? That's the stuff of nightmares. It brings to mind movies like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Lobotomies, Electric, Shock, and Mental Institutions. How about all those people with long COVID, the weak who can't seem to shake it? It turns out they can conveniently be labeled psychos too. Psychology Today warns us that long COVID is related to disturbing psychiatric symptoms. In 2020, researchers studied over 400 COVID survivors who sought treatment at an emergency room and found that overall, over 50% scored in the unhealthy range for psychiatric symptoms. This included depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, and obsessive-compulsive disorder of the patients studied those most like more likely to develop these symptoms included women patients with a pre-existing psychiatric diagnosis and those who had previously managed their covid symptoms at home notice it's women those with pre-existing psychiatric diagnosis and those who had had managed the covid symptoms at home renegades, those who refused to comply In 2021, COVID was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. At that point, 46% of Republicans hadn't been vaccinated, while 86% of Democrats had. 44% of white evangelical Protestants had not been vaccinated. Below is a chart laying it out. And you can look at that chart, um, and it shows all uh, adults, children, children, yeah, all the way, yes, um, all the way down to eight, eight, I think it's 18 years of age who have been fully vaccinated, recently boosted to fully vaccinated, not recently boosted and to not vaccinated. And it's quite interesting and illuminating. Next time it will be a pandemic of the psychos thanks to psychology and the experts that conveniently dispense such diagnoses. From the very beginning, psychology has been a way to experiment on, subdue, drug, and euthanize anyone those in power determined was was not compliant enough or or that was a danger or a drawback to the goal of realizing the master race psychology has got to be the biggest fraud of any of the sciences our wonderful experts in psychology you know those people who call freud the father of psychology want you to know that if you do not comply then they have the power to either make you comply with drugs or if that doesn't work torture you and if that still doesn't work lock you away from society and from your family especially your children because who would want a psychotic maniac around children If anything makes clear to us the lies of COVID and Bill Gates and the who's nefarious benevolence, it's the fact that psychology can now be used as a weapon in the next phase of global manipulation and control. Like COVID, psychology is built on mountains of lies and greed and perversions. Without psychology, the success of COVID could have never happened. If you want to find out more about the foundation of psychology and its father, read Professor Frederick Cruz's book, Freud, The Making of an Illusion. This was a man who, made <clears throat> who built an entire science out of the perversions of his own deeply disturbed mind. If Freud was in love with his mother and hated his father, then everyone must have the same problem, right? Because it was all about Freud, never about anyone else. COVID is built upon the lie that it's for the good of you your health and safety. But it's really about destroying your morality, your health, your ability to resist. It's about drugging you and making you compliant. It's not about your freedom or your health. It's not about making you well. It's about keeping you just sick enough that you cannot live without the drugs they provide you. A Daily Mail article describes Crew's book thus. Over 650 pages, he builds up a portrait of Freud as the most vile, medically useless, misogynistic, snobbish, petulant, jealous, crazy, sex-obsessed creep you could ever hope not to look up at from a couch, and a man whose treatment you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. Lock up your daughters, I wanted to scream, when yet another innocent young Viennese woman with a cough or an aching leg got sent to Freud for treatment at today's equivalent of 230 pounds an hour and came out a few months later totally traumatized and much more ill than she had been when she started Experts of today now criticize Freud as not being science based. <coughs> Excuse me. Freud's theories have been widely criticized as unscientific. Freud's impact on 20th century thought is undeniable, but he got almost everything wrong. He was not only not scientific, he was a liar and a fraud. Well, that's okay. The science changes. They can turn around and uproot the very foundation of what they have built their science on and shrug and say it doesn't matter. Even ignoring the irony of how Freud is a perfect definition of a psychopath, the father of psychology is the very thing they are now diagnosing vaccine deniers as. Oh, the strange twists of life. And if Freud's the father of all this madness, what does that make psychology itself? The product of a psycho who got almost everything wrong? Maybe we need to reevaluate those COVID deniers. Maybe they are the sane ones since they are the opposite of the lies and the frauds we have been led to believe. What do you suppose these psychologists and psychiatrists will do if they are given free reign to treat these psychotic patients? Well, we have only to look at history. There are many examples, but I want to give this one about homosexuals in the military in South Africa. It is chillingly like what is happening to young people who have body dysphoria today. If people knew the history of psychiatry and psychology, they would understand that what's happening now under the guise of helping youth transition is no different from the horrors of the past. And I quote, according to a study by forensic psychiatrist Robert M. Kaplan, as militarization of South Africa's white population escalated following the establishment of universal conscription in 1960. 67, doctors and chaplains also began to regularly screen conscript ranks for gay people. Any identified homosexuals were then subjected to a series of cruel experiments in a psychiatric ward in Pretoria. First, they were shown black and white photos of naked men while an electric shock was administered to them. Then they were shown playboy centerfolds. As Kaplan wrote, the shock was so intense that in one case the subject's shoes flew off. This psychiatric ward, headed by Aubrey Levine, also targeted drug addicts, conscientious objectors, the mentally ill, and political dissidents. He subjected these people to brutal shock therapy as well. Some of them were also punished with forced labor and chemical castration. Many subjects killed themselves during and after the program. And between 1969 and 1987, around 900 men and women were forced to undergo sex reassignment surgeries in military hospitals to cure them of their homosexuality. Those who survived were given new identities, discharged from military service, and told not to contact their loved ones. Sometimes these test subjects were discharged before their surgeries had been completed, thus requiring additional procedures later on. Levine was eventually named by South Africa's Truth and Reconciliation Commission for his gross human rights abuses. Shockingly, this didn't stop him from being able to move to Canada and to get a new job at the University of Calgary's medical school. There he was later found guilty of molesting three court-appointed patients in 2013. For this, he received five years in prison, but was granted an early release in 2016. It isn't often discussed, but what they are doing to youth now, who say they feel like a boy in a girl's body and vice versa, is an assault on gays and lesbians. They have never changed in their master plan to get rid of anyone and everyone they consider a deviant. But now it is under the guise of helping youth to be themselves. This is a lie. All of this became justified when mental health problems became defined as a disease. Dr. Benjamin Rush is called the father of American psychiatry. He was also an American revolutionary, a founding father of the United States and signatory to the U.S. Declaration of Independence. Rush was the first to call conditions like depression and anxiety a disease of the mind. There was no medical basis for this back then, and there still isn't today, but it is set in stone now. Labeling it as a disease, no different from a physical illness, meant it could be cured with a drug, or at least a drug could be administered along with a hefty price tag. Rush believed that mental diseases were caused by irritation of the blood vessels in the brain. He treated method his treatment methods included bleeding, purging, hot and cold baths, and mercury. And he invented a tranquilizer chair. I can never say that word. And I have a picture of it, and take a look at it. It's just bizarre, creepy, disgusting, horrible. And a gyrator for psychiatric patients. His gyrator was a horizontal board on which torpid patients were strapped and spun to stimulate blood circulation. Gyrator treatment-induced vertigo, perspiration, and nausea to drive out the illness. Sounds like the good Dr. Rush, just like Freud, might have had his own childhood traumas that he was playing out on patients. And yet, Rush, like so many of these perverse individuals, is revered to this day. Drugs billions of dollars made for drug companies, not just drugs for the body, but drugs for the mind. It's too twisted that modern day psychiatrists now criticize Freud for his cocaine addiction, oblivious to the fact that they are following his same pattern of behavior by turning to drugs as the answer. Science-based medicine has this to say about Freud, his advocacy of cocaine was irrational. He wanted to justify his own use of the drug, which he took for migraines, indigestion, depression, fatigue, and many other complaints, and he presented it as a panacea. He claimed it was harmless, refusing to see clear evidence that it was addictive. When nasal applications resulted in tissue necrosis, he treated it by applying more cocaine. He used it to treat a friend's morphine addiction and only succeeded in leaving the patient addicted to both morphine and cocaine. Then he claimed the treatment had been successful and in his reports, he referred to other successful cases that never existed. There were many instances where it appeared that his own drug use affected his judgment but never mind all of that irrational stuff experts can make anything irrational into the new experts can make anything irrational into the new rational treatment drugs are where the money is drugs are how you control people just don't make the mistake freud did and do the drugs yourself impose them on the sorry millions you're treating It's hard to understand why people are so gullible, why we allow the most disturbed among us to have such dominion over us, why we can look to the past and recognize that those experiments on homosexuals are worse than any horror movie. Yet our very own president, the very drugged up Joe Biden, encourages the brainwashing of children into willingly drugging themselves with irrevocable consequences in preparation for cutting off body parts and then demonizing any distraught parent who dares to question it. Over the course of the past 50 years, the idea that mental illness was a phenomenon independent of human motivation was pushed relentlessly. One could be absolved of all moral responsibility for one's actions. It became a disease, no different from diabetes or cancer, except that there was no proof of this. According to Thomas Sands, I, I don't know how to pronounce, sorry, I can't pronounce all these things. It's just, I am, I'm terrible at pronouncing things. <laughs> Uh, the the equation of the mind with the brain and of mental disease with brain disease supported by the authority of a large body of neuroscience literature is used to render rational the drug treatment of mental illness and justify the demand for parity in insurance coverage for medical and mental disorders. There it is again, the ever-present monster. Money. And back to Saints. Reflecting the influence of these ideas, on September 26, 1997, President Clinton signed the Mental Health Parity Act of 1996, which took effect on January 1, 1998. This landmark law, according to the National Alliance for the Mentally Ill, begins the process of ending the long-held practice of providing less insurance coverage for mental illnesses or brain disorders than is provided for equally serious physical disorders. In short, Psychiatrists and their allies have succeeded in persuading the scientific community, courts, media, and general public that the conditions they call mental disorders are diseases, that is, phenomena independent of human motivation or will because there is no empirical evidence to back this claim indeed there can be none the psychiatric profession relies on supporting it with periodically revised versions of its pseudoscientific bible the american psychiatric association's diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders and sometime uh, look it up it, it's 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 unbelievable what the, all the things that they list as mental disorders Because the idea of mental illness combines a mistaken conceptualization of non-disease as disease with an immoral justification of coercion as cure, the effect is two-pronged. It corrupts language and curtails freedom and responsibility. Because psychiatrists have power over persons denominated as patients, their descriptive statements typically function as covert prescriptions prescriptions. For instance, psychiatrists may describe a man who asserts that he hears God's voice telling him to kill his wife as schizophrenic. This diagnosis functions as a prescription, for example, to hospitalize the patient involuntarily lest he kill his wife, or after he has killed her to acquit him as not guilty by reason of insanity and again hospitalize him against his will. This coercive tactical feature of psychiatric diagnosis is best appreciated by contrasting medical with psychiatric diagnosis. Diagnosis of bodily illness is the operative word that justifies a physician to admit to a hospital a patient who wants to be so admitted. Diagnosis of mental illness is the operative word that justifies a judge to incarcerate in a mental hospital a sex criminal who has completed his prison sentence already. So long as there are no objective physico-chemical observations shown to be causally related to depression and schizophrenia, the claim that they are brain diseases is unsubstantiated. In the absence of such evidence, psychiatrists rest their claim that these major mental diseases are brain diseases, largely on the contention that drugs keep the disease process under control. The absurdity of this claim lies in its own consequences." End of quote of of Dr. Sainz. And this, my friends, is at the heart of the problem. Psychology justifies drugging the non-compliant, imprisoning them. The expert psychologist can make up as many new mental illnesses as he wants and put them in his pseudoscientific Bible, which then somehow makes them true. Disorders such as Alice in Wonderland syndrome, sufferers have a problem with perception, specifically that they cannot judge the size of certain objects. Celebrophilia, an imaginary affair with a celebrity, Paris syndrome, a disorder that mostly affects Japanese tourists to the city where they are disappointed when it doesn't live up to their expectations. Alien hand syndrome, believing your hand isn't your own and it does things of its own accord. Need I continue? Listing all of this helps make sense of how psychologists have gained the right to tell a young person that they can change themselves by taking drugs and cutting up their bodies. Truly, is there anything more insane than psychology? And lastly, the psychologist can demonize those who refuse to be injected, drugged, locked in their homes, and slap terrifying labels on them, such as psychopath. This then gives the psychologist the right to fix them any way he chooses. As long as we rely on psychology to be our beacon, we will always be confused. It's a false light, an illusion based on greed and lies, leading to a hellish end. And that concludes this essay. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Please uh, share it. Uh, comment. I would love to hear your comments. I always love your comments. I'm not I, I'm not always able to reply to all of them but I, I do appreciate your comments so much And um, please do subscribe. God bless.